I'm Leslie Ludi, host of the Set Apart Podcast, biblical encouragement for women of all ages. This week, I'm really excited to be starting a new series with you called A Biblical Mindset. And this really is the concept of learning how to take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ and approach every practical area of our life, our relationship with God, our relationship with others, our decision making from a biblical perspective. And I know this has been such a life changing concept for me as God has been cultivating this in my life and continues to cultivate it in my life. And I pray these episodes will be encouraging for you. Before we jump in, I wanted to remind you that this is the last week to register for our Ellerslie online program. This is a great way to bring deep, powerful discipleship into your busy day-to-day life. The videos that are released every day through this program are 15 to 30 minutes long, so really designed to fit into a busy schedule. Great for families, for couples, for individuals, for your own quiet time. So if you can't make it to Colorado this year to go through one of our five-week or one-week training programs, this is a great alternative because we take our most powerful material that we deliver at Ellerslie and package it into this online program that you can fit into your lifestyle. If you register, you'll have access to the material through the end of August, and you can join us for a donation of any amount. If you're interested, click the link in this podcast description, or you can go to ellerslie.com for more info. So let's talk about building a biblical mindset. And this first episode is called Looking Beyond the Smoke and Lights. And I'm going to explain what I mean by that as we get a little deeper into this episode. In the last few episodes in the Christ-Centered Mentoring series, we talked about some of the most common discernment traps that are out there for women today in the church. We also talked about the importance of developing a canon mind. So that was a really great intro to this new series on building a biblical mindset. And canon, if you missed that episode, basically means the Bible. So reasoning from the perspective of scripture versus human reasoning. And I can't really think of another time in recent history, definitely not in the last several decades, when this has been so critical because we see lies just flooding into the culture and even flooding into the church. And often as women, I find even strong Christian women, we don't always have the filter that we need to have where we are evaluating any thought or idea or concept and immediately lining it up against the word of God and asking that question, does this agree with God's reality? And if it doesn't, we cast it out, just like it says in that verse, casting down every thought that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. It's really important for us as Christian women today to have that strong commitment to having that biblical approach to life, that biblical mindset as we approach all of our decisions and all of our relationships. One of the reasons is because not only do we have tremendous influence over our families, our husbands, our children, our friends, people that we're investing into and influencing on a daily basis will be affected if we don't think and reason biblically, but also Our opinions and preferences and desires have a strong influence on the messages that are being fed into the church today. I remember having a conversation a number of years ago with the president of a major Christian publishing group, and he was saying that, first of all, they choose to publish books and material and Bible studies based on what they know will sell, which right there, that's kind of sad, and it's a red flag that the entire Christian publishing industry oftentimes is driven by money and not necessarily truth. But the second part of what he said I found really interesting. He said, women are the ones who do most of the buying in Christianity. So women between the ages of like 20 and 60. Are, are really our target. And we look at what women are eager for and wanting to read and wanting to listen to. And 
that's the material that we feed into the Christian market. And if you look at the churches today and you look at how many pastors are directing their churches based on whatever popular Christian book happens to be out there today, if you look at how many Christian worship leaders are basing the direction of their worship ministry on whatever album happens to be popular in Christianity today, it's really startling to realize that the publishing industry and the music industry is very strongly catering to the desires of Christian women. And if we don't have that filter and we're willing to just take in messages that aren't strongly in agreement with the word of God, oftentimes that will influence what's coming into the church. So it's definitely not something to take lightly. And I've had a lot of publishers and people who are influential in building material, such as Christian Bible studies or Christian books, tell me that they didn't feel like women today, Christian women today, could handle any really deep spiritual truth. So they're purposely trying to keep it really light and really fluffy and really shallow because women just aren't eager, aren't hungry for that deeper spiritual truth. And of course, I disagree with that because I know so many women who are very eager and very desirous of going deeper in truth. But if that is the mindset on a kind of large scale, you can see how a lack of passion for the word of God, a lack of thinking and reasoning biblically can really directly influence the church today. So now is not the time to be flimsy in our approach to truth. I have found that it's really easy to esteem God's truth, but when it comes to daily living it out, things can become a little bit blurry. We read a blog, we read a book, we hear an idea, something's preached in a church service, and it sounds really cool and new and different and artistic, and maybe it appeals to our emotions, but we don't take the time to say, does this really agree with the word of God? And that's where things can start to become a little bit blurry. Amy Carmichael talked about in her ministry in India when she was raising children that had been rescued out of slavery, and she wanted them to grow up with a passion for truth. And she was very particular about who would come and help her in her ministry because she wanted those people to have a very high regard for God's truth. And this is what she said. If our children were to grow up truthful, they must be taught by those who had a regard for truth and not just a casual regard, but a delicate regard. On this point, we were adamant. And we need to have that same delicate regard for truth, not just a casual regard for the Bible and the word of God, but a delicate regard for us. It needs to define the way that we think, the way that we reason, the way that we approach every area of our life. Because the word of God is Christ himself. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. So when we build our lives around the word of God, we're building our lives around him and who he is. Now, before we get into the practical side of cultivating a biblical mindset, I want to lay a foundation for what biblical thinking, what a biblical mindset is, and why it's so important. Back in 2020, I did an episode on godly discernment. And in the next couple of episodes, I want to go back and revisit some of those principles just as a foundation for this new series on building a biblical mindset. And so if you tuned in back in 2020, this will be a great reminder for you. If you haven't tuned into that episode on discernment, that's completely fine because we're going to touch on some of those same principles over the next two episodes. And then we're going to start breaking down the biblical mindset as applied to very practical areas of our daily life. So first, I want to share with you a really quick story. And this is from Eric's life when he was about 13 years old and with his family, they went to a Christian event and it was an outdoor festival where lots of churches and youth groups had gathered. 
And all of these different Christian bands were going to be playing at this outdoor Christian gathering and some Christian speakers had been invited in. So his mom thought it would be just a great edifying experience for her young children. They all got set up with their blankets and their lawn chairs. And the first band that came onto the stage His mom was so horrified by what was coming across on that stage that she told the whole family, we're leaving. And they didn't even make it through the first song. The band looked like something out of, you know, just this demonic, (laughs) this demonic rock band. I mean, they just had like all this makeup and crazy hair and crazy outfits. And they were screeching unintelligibly into the microphone. You couldn't understand a word they were saying. And it just had this really dark spirit, this dark atmosphere that it brought. And she thought, you know, this is it's calling itself Christian, but there's nothing about this that is worshipful or in alignment with the nature of God. And if somebody from the outside just walked into this event, they would have no idea they they were at a Christian gathering. They would have thought that they just walked into some heavy metal concert. So they left. And one of the speakers that had been invited in for this event was so grieved by what was happening on the stage that he started running through the audience yelling, Ichabod, Ichabod, which means the glory of the Lord has departed. He was confronted after this event by the leaders. And they said, why did you do that? You're making people feel uncomfortable. And he said, I had to say something because we cannot behave this way and put a Christian label over it. We cannot gather Christian families together and present that and say that that is Christian or worshipful or glorifying to God. But sadly, most of the Christians that attended that concert didn't hear him and didn't notice him running through the audience yelling Ichabod because they sort of dismissed his warning as the words of some extremist, or they were so enamored and distracted by the smoke and the lights and the noise to recognize the reality that the glory of the Lord had departed. And that's really a sadly accurate description of what has happened a lot of times in Christianity today, because just like at that concert, there is a lot of smoke and light and noise taking place under a Christian banner today. We have mega churches and Christian celebrities and trendy Christian messages that often can dazzle us with impressive bells and whistles and distract us and deceive our hearts. And just like those concert growers, those Christians that were gathered for that event, it's really easy to naively accept anything that is labeled as Christian, especially when our fellow believers are participating in it. And if we add enough glamour and hype to something, we can quickly become blind to the fact that the glory of the Lord has departed. Early in my Christian walk, I used to assume that every Christian book and album that hit the bookstores had been vetted and tested biblically by a committee of some trusted, honorable, godly Christian elders. And I had realized that so many pastors were looking to the newest Christian books to shape the direction of their churches. And so many music leaders were following the latest trends of Christian artists to shape their church's worship services. So it seemed reasonable to me, or just I assumed, that the messages that were so influential in molding churches would have gone through a careful screening process to evaluate whether they were really in alignment with God's truth. And it wasn't until Eric and I became more closely involved with the Christian publishing and music industries that we realized how far from reality that assumption really was. And as I mentioned earlier, I remember sitting across the table with the president of a large Christian publishing company, and he told us that publishing in the Christian world is an industry, not a ministry, and that making money was their ultimate goal. 
Another time, a CEO of a very well-known Christian record label told Eric and I that most of the new artists that their company signed were just teenagers who didn't care much about God, but wanted to be famous. And he said, you know, it's really kind of sad, but in the end, we have to make money. So we just sign them anyway. We give them a record deal just because they're talented. Now, this widespread mindset in the Christian industry has provided an inroads for all kinds of flawed messages to enter the church and influence Christian thinking. Fame and money-driven artists and authors and publishers and record labels often are wreaking havoc on the hearts and minds of unsuspecting believers who assume that those messages must be healthy because they bear a Christian label. And then as we've talked about before in other episodes, there's the danger of the internet because if you know how to wield the internet, you can gain that influencer's voice pretty easily. You don't necessarily have to have a lot of truth or real spiritual depth to have spiritual influence over others if you have enough of a following on social media. I remember getting a letter from a Christian publisher who wanted to have me support or endorse an up-and-coming Christian author, and they were talking about you know how big of a following she had online and how many likes she had on Facebook and how big her Instagram was, and that really was all they were basing her credibility on. It had nothing to do with her her depth or her spiritual background or her understanding of truth. It's really no wonder that there's so much confusion within the church today because we live in a day and age where righteousness stands at a distance, truth has stumbled in the streets, and honesty cannot enter. True-centered, Christ-focused, biblically sound believers are not often commonplace anymore. They have actually become the exception. So as set-apart women living in this time, we don't actually have the option of passively accepting anything and everything that is being dished out in the name of Christianity. God desires to equip us with a biblical mindset, that lost art of godly biblical discernment. We need to clearly recognize the difference between truth and error and proactively protect our souls against the enemy's lies. Otherwise, we will be in danger of becoming that weak-minded breed of women that Paul warns about in 2 Timothy, where he says, For among them are those who enter into households and captivate weak-minded women weighed down with sins. We talked about this verse a few episodes ago, But if you really look at it, what he's saying there, captivate in this verse means to lead into captivity. So if we agree with the lies of the enemy, we cannot be the bondservants of Christ because we're enslaved, we're captivated by a lie. Weak women in this verse is a term that means silly and foolish. And you only need to study the fate of the fool in Proverbs to learn the end result of choosing the path of the fool. The good news, though, is that God has not left us to just fend for ourselves amid all this confusion and all the deception that surrounds us today, even in the church. He truly desires us to come to the knowledge of the truth, as it says in 1 Timothy 2.4, even more than we desire that for ourselves. He doesn't intend us to spend our Christian lives being tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men and the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting, as it says in Ephesians 4.14. I want to give you a beginning list of some of the practical areas we're going to unpack over the next few weeks in this series and learn how to approach these areas with a biblical mindset. We're going to be looking at biblical worship. So contrasting the difference between worship according to the word of God and counterfeit human celebrityism and worship that has crept into the church. Biblical meditation, the difference between the worldly version of meditation and biblical meditation. Biblical stillness. You know, we hear a lot about just chilling and vegging and self-care and stress 
relief and all these things. But what is biblical stillness and what does that really look like? Biblical revival. There are a lot of counterfeit revivals and there's some real revivals that God is behind. What is the difference between a biblical revival and a counterfeit one? Biblical personality. This is a really big one in Christian women's circles today. How do I approach my uniqueness, my individuality, my temperament, and my personality from a biblical perspective, not just from a newfangled human perspective or biblical friendship. There are a lot of wrong ideas about what really biblical friendship looks like. Biblical youth ministry. So if you're someone who works with young people, how do you approach that from a biblical perspective and not just what happens to be trendy in the Christian world? Biblical self-care. I touched on this earlier, but really understanding how do we take care of the body he has given us in a biblical godly way and not just according to what the culture prescribes. Biblical mental health. There is a buzz phrase in our culture today. What is the biblical mindset towards mental health? Biblical leisure time and downtime. How do we approach that relaxation aspect of our life from a biblical perspective? Biblical decision making. It's really, really easy to veer off track and make our decisions on a pattern that is not truly God's pattern or biblical goal setting and even biblical athletics. This is an area I've been thinking a lot about lately, not because I'm athletic, far from it, but I do have some children who are. And it's really caused me to look at the word of God and say, what is the biblical approach to this area? So we'll probably add on a few others in this series as well. But when we are approaching each one of these areas and other areas in our lives, are we going to the word of God and are we seeking answers there? Or are we getting distracted by the bells, the whistles, the smoke, the lights of newfangled human ideas? Proverbs 8, 33 through 35 presents us with an amazing promise. Hear instruction and be wise and do not disdain it. Blessed is the man who listens to me, watching daily at my gates, waiting at the posts of my doors, for whoever finds me finds life and obtains favor from the Lord. Godly discernment, a biblical mindset, a gospel understanding of all of these areas is available for every single one of us, but it doesn't just automatically come. According to this verse in Proverbs, we have a responsibility before God to listen to his voice, to hear his wisdom, to seek after it, and not to disdain it, even if it doesn't necessarily appeal to our personal tastes and whims. If it is the wisdom of God, we are called not to disdain it, but to receive it. And we are called to watch daily at his gates, to eagerly wait at the posts of his doors for his wisdom. And what's so beautiful is that he promises that if we seek after his wisdom, his truth, we will find it. It says that in Proverbs 8, 17. So I just want to encourage you that if you feel overwhelmed by all of the possible errors that are out there and all of the things in Christianity that you look at and you think something's a little off about that, but I don't really know what it is. I can't articulate it. If your heart is desirous for the truth of God and you are willing to eagerly seek after his truth and to say, Lord, cultivate a biblical mindset, a gospel mindset within me. I am willing by your grace to take every thought captive and to kick out every thought that does not agree with your truth. If that is your heart attitude, this is a work that he can do within you. It's not a matter of us rising up and trying to just train our mind to think properly. It's a matter of fully surrendering to him and allowing him to do this beautiful work within us of building truth within our mindset, within our heart, within every way that we approach our daily lives. I hope you've enjoyed this week's episode. Next episode, we'll go into part two of Beyond the Smoke and Lights and go through four practical ways to cultivate a biblical mindset and approach daily life in a way that protects us from letting lies in. 
If you'd like to go deeper into these truths or into building a Christ-centered lifestyle, I encourage you to visit us at setapartgirl.com and look at the many resources that we have for you there. I pray you have a blessed and Christ-centered week.